Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is part two of my conversation with Georgie Adams of Building Bluebell. Uh, If you haven't heard part one, then I would strongly recommend you start there as this is just a continuation of that conversation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How do you see your use of Bluebell? I mean, is it going to be uh, something that you tour the world in? Uh, is is it sort of going to be quite static until you need to to move? Or you know, how have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I very originally I was really toying with the idea of doing like what you're doing, Jeffrey, on a trailer. Um, and doing a tiny house um, and I ended up just swaying for doing something like this because of the a bit of the flexibility it gives me being that kind of light-footed travelery type um, and uh, yeah and so my, I, I never thought that this was going to be a 
a road trip mobile that I'd be scooting around all the time. Um, it's still fairly heavy and I am trying to be conscious minded of my diesel consumption, mm-hmm. of course. So driving it around all the time would be neither cost friendly or environmentally friendly. So for example, at the moment I have a really good bicycle and that's like how I travel most places and it stays in its spot. But then when I do a trip that that's part of that. So it, it will take me on a trip. And then ideally, so ideally my idea ideally my idea is um (laughs) it's a lot of ideas um they yeah we will we will go overseas I would love to think you know I the little the little dream is to be able to take this project that I'm I'm dreaming of and go and find go and find women doing projects and go on the road and meet people doing it and so kind of combine it as not just a leisure activity but something that also combines that purpose of that project um and maybe stopping and basing for quite a while I'm definitely not like a uh a a traveler where you go somewhere and you spend a short amount of time I like to really yeah I like to really embed I'm also considering um you know it's a massive massive privilege to be able to travel and um you know it has to be appropriate and it has to be if I am to base somewhere it has to be appropriate for the locals uh, so I think there's a lot of thinking that has to go into moving Bluebell around but yes I I would like to think that we do we do some traveling um my, my originally when I was when I was living overseas I, I I really kind of found it hard to I did a lot of time in sustainable communities and living off grid and I found it really hard to ever imagine myself doing that in England and felt a large disconnection. But since I've actually been here building my home here and rooting a bit, I also feel this massive element of resistance. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. It's so hard for, you know, the actual environment in England to live sustainably off grid and to live in alternative lifestyles, co-communities. It's really difficult as we know with planning and just, yeah, the entire attitude. And originally that put me off. Um, but then when I considered how important it would be to kind of fight that through and stick it out here. And yeah, the more that I've rooted back here again, I feel pretty passionate about trying to embed more and uh, yeah, embed more visions of alternative living in England. And if I can be just a small speck of that, that would be really great. So um, I would like to think that I kind of, I, I, yeah, I put in a bit of a, a bit of a resistance and, and be part of the crew here trying to push this lifestyle forward rather than taking what could be a slightly easier option, Mm. you know, and also a privileged option, right. To be able to just go (laughs) and live elsewhere. Of course, Brexit does also would have put a spanner in the works anyway, but, um, but yeah, I think that that is a, that's a question I have actually been thinking about a lot recently, but I think at the end of it all, it, I can't say yes or no to anything I will see where I will see where life takes me um but yeah I I do plan to travel around with Bluebell to find some cool badass women (laughs) oh my goodness it's going to be like a beacon of you you're (laughs) just going to have these these incredible women like running at you going like yes let's chat about building (laughs) oh my gosh that that sounds like paradise Jeffrey I must say (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) I do know what you mean about the uh, like fighting the home fight, though. Uh, I, when I lived in the States, I thought 
you know, for a long time, I thought, I'm never going home. Like, why would I go home? I'm having such a nice time here. And then like almost overnight, I had this, this moment of, oh, I need to go home and make make my home the place where I'm from better. I need to be part mm. of, you know, the sort of sustainable building team back there. And it felt really important. And I didn't know where it came from. And I was quite surprised when it poked its head up. Mm. I, yeah, interesting. I like that. Yeah. And it is important. I think it's so important. I think, I think that, um, and this, I think, you know, build creating an environment and a discussion um, around sustainable and natural building in England. Uh, it has a very similar um, vibe to what I really want to do with women building. I think in, there needs to be more imagery. There needs to be more representation and it needs to become more normal that, it, you know, it's not such an outrageous thought to be considering working with natural materials. And mm. yeah. And so, you know, I think it's super important to bring that conversation home and to kind of keep it here, regardless of the, of the, um, the resistance mm. um, that you might face against it. You know, if you're staying and you're applying pressure, even that pressure could just be by existing and doing what you're doing and other people seeing that all has domino effects that are probably greater than we may, we may even be able to calculate. So I think it is, I definitely have felt, have felt that, um, have felt that need, especially as we are looking, uh, you know, things are looking a, a little bit disconcerting with, um, uh, you know, the right to roam and um, the the rights being stripped from a traveling community um, by the current, uh, you know, what's happening with Kill the Bill um, and all, you know, all of those very tricky and um, uncomfortable things that potentially could be passed by law. And so that I think when these things are still happening and there's still a desire for it, desire to shut down a way of life and also to, to shut down an entire group of people. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty scary. So I think that there is definitely still a fight to be had here. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think that I could attempt to be a part of it, whether that's minor or, or major, who knows, but um, yeah, if I can put a little finger in there somewhere, that would be pretty cool. Nice. Oh, that's ace. Um, uh, just as an aside, yeah, if I can in any way point you at uh, some of the, the women builders I know, then uh, yeah, please do do let me know if I could be helpful. Yes, please. I'm I'm I think what I'm doing is I'm um, I'm currently in the car park of my workplace, which um, I I'm going to finish my contract in a month's time, and that when that finishes, I'm going to absolutely throw myself into um, learning and and uh starting this project and uh kind of networking and going and visiting people and and filming some projects so i will be incessantly annoying to everyone <laughs> in about a month's time <laughs> i'm gonna become very annoying um, yeah for the moment i'm keeping it a little bit just on the you know on the kind of very small building blocks but then i'm gonna i'm just gonna do what i do and launch into it yeah brilliant well, I can't wait to see what you what comes out of it. Um, because I mean, that's that's something we haven't talked about. Uh, is is your day job besides building Bluebell? Is 
my day job is I am a filmmaker or video. I'm a video producer. Um, so I actually work at a kind of quite a cool college uh, in Westine, which is the area of the South Downs, the village I, I live by in the South Downs. And um, it's like a conservation and art college. So I've actually been able to ferret some really cool materials and pick on some good brains here because there are some really fabulous. I did like a day's blacksmithing course, which uh, I made all of my coat hooks and my fire pokey stick. Um, and I did a wood carving course because um, that was one of the really good benefits of staff that if, if they're not fully booked, you can you can do them for free. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool place. And I, I really enjoy my job has been pretty cool because I've been uh, filming um, sort of all of the stuff that goes on here some creative courses uh but yeah I mean it's it's lovely but it's um and actually you know it's been it's been the nicest kind of job I've had for a while I've I've been I've definitely struggled in the past with with work and finding finding enough and and not you know getting really stressed out in other jobs so this one's been I've been doing it for a year but I I would like to take my my skills and my love for filming and storytelling and move that into a, a space in an area which I'm actually really passionate about which is not commercial it's not it, you know it's not for profit it would be for for documentary and for the purpose of, of sharing of sharing important stories so that's that's where I hope to take those skills next yeah so you don't uh you don't fit into the category of uh kind of most of the people I tend to work with where, you know, started doing a job that they were sort of pushed towards computer-based usually and then went, ah, I've got to do something physical and then have, have sort of jumped mm. ship. You're, you, you, you know, the, the video stuff is still very much, you know, what you do. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I It's funny, it's been a relationship working with a camera, you know, it's something that, um, I, I really struggled when I was a teenager with my mental health and, and was very unhappy. And then I found um, I found cameras and that was the one thing that enabled me to escape and find a new world and uh, a world that I could see as optimistic and beautiful and I could watch it slowly and in my own space. So that that became a very important part of my life. And then I kind of moved it into, you know, thinking I want to keep doing this as in my life um but that you know finding some kind of balance between that I really didn't want to go into commercial filmmaking um I wanted to go into documentary uh but of course finding the kind of balance uh of of having enough work and that's why living in something like Bluebell means that I don't need to worry about always having work um because I don't have this jet load of bills to pay each month. Um, it takes the pressure off. And I have found that in the past when I've been doing it, when I've been renting and I've been doing it as my full-time job, um, I have f- been so close to just putting the camera away and being like, I will never touch you again. I have fallen out of love with you. Um, but at the moment I live in a, I actually live in a little hut. I'm I'm partially living in Bluebell. Um, mm-hmm. I move out when I need to like do I'm currently now on the stage where I'm, I get out when I need to like do something in it. And then I come, I'm like coming straight back in, especially now the log burner is in, but I actually, I have lived in a tiny dwelling in a shepherd hut basically for the last four years. And so I have been, I've been able to discover, I've been able to kind of create this good balance with working with cameras where I don't do it too much. Um, that it becomes my only thing, which I think a lot of us are forced to do in life where we have, we're working all the time 
um whether that's doing something we love or not for a lot of people it's not and then we have this very limited amount of time outside of that to do the thing that we love um and that just I'm just there's so many things I can't even begin to choose which one to start with um and so I definitely don't see filmmaking as you know being being this massive massive thing in my life but it's definitely something that I want to keep and cherish and so yeah I I find the relationship with filming and working with my camera and with building actually really really kind of work I think there's the same attention to detail there's the same patience and the same stubbornness you know with your camera if you there's a shot you're seeing in your head or there's a vision you want to create sometimes I'm like sweating like a maniac like kind of with not stress sweat but just with that like intent trying to get this particular shot and I think that that really applies in into that kind of headset with with building you know where there's something you want to create you see a vision in your head and you will go at lengths to make that happen um and so the two things are actually I find intertwined quite well and so hopefully I can combine them and be building and doing building projects and then also filming people who are doing that kind of stuff so it's yeah it's it's turned out fingers crossed that it will stay enveloped in this in this kind of symbiotic relationship yeah fantastic oh goodness right i'm gonna hit you with a few few last questions um Mm -hmm. can we can we talk budget Mm -hmm. oh bluebell yes um did you have something set out at the beginning um yeah i i wanted to not go over ten thousand pounds okay how are you doing uh yeah i am i am i think i need to do my i've got a little air table i need to add up all my recent costs oh gosh the flu i (laughs) know the flu pipe sister unbelievable goodness literally me. i was i've like i had no idea that it was going to cost me so many hundreds of pounds to yeah. get some pipe <laughs> um, but it did and uh yeah so that that is that there are little sneaky costs that totally threw me out actually but i think the last time that i actually checked i was just over nine thousand. so uh by the time that i've done i may go slightly over that by the time that i'm i'm i've done my my like if i think i have a slight feeling i'm going to need a special water tank made to fit my weird yeah. underbelly <laughs> that's a funny sentence isn't it <laughs> 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 don't hear that one every day um and i i think that might be quite expensive unless i can kind of uh figure out a way to make that myself um yeah that's going to that may end up taking me just over 10,000 yeah. um but to be fair when i first set the budget i also I kind of didn't, I thought I might be doing something very similar to a Luton. So this has transpired. I mean, of course, that's my cost budget. If I was taking my labor hours, it would be a lot more. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to fit in and around somewhere around the £10,000 mark. That's including the, the cab. I mean, that's fantastic. That's, yeah, unbelievable, in fact. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's sort of, uh, without sounding, trying to sound too much like Kevin McLeod, uh, it's, uh, it's a <laughs> testament to your uh, tenacity, I guess, is probably the word. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, I think, also being so lucky to find so many materials that that kind of you know I one thing you know if I could sort of say to anyone who might be thinking about doing something like this and they want to find 
materials and they want to keep the cost down is just talk you know talk to everyone about what you're doing uh, even as an introvert and and someone who can be slight, slightly socially awkward at times um I would still kind of be like right just keep talking about what you're doing and people you'll just end up getting a message from someone who was like oh I remembered that you were looking for this thing and I've seen this guy who's selling this stuff um and so that that worked amazingly for me so um and also you'd be amazed where you can find materials uh I mean literally just going around old you know walking in the countryside around old barnyards I found these incredible old pieces of oak that were used for kind of so tractors or cars even don't slip on the mud you know so my whole steps that go I I have this lovely little oak step system that goes up to the the bed and that's all made from planks of oak that were used to stop cars skidding in the mud um and you're just amazed where you can find things you know skip skips and uh quite often you just see stuff where people are doing home renovations um all of my my whole floor and a lot of my um kind of uh, like my chairs and my back wall are all made out of Georgian floorboards um uh just yeah there's pretty much I'm just looking around and everything here pretty much everything I can see by the eye is waste material and so that does keep of course your labor hours go up Mm -hmm. so much more but it keeps the the cost the actual cost because that's the thing I had time to give I didn't have money I didn't have cash to put into the project but I had I had time um and that that's really what made this possible yeah fantastic and how much time I think you you sort of alluded to it earlier but how how many years now yeah um I said three but it's actually been three and a half now so yeah so by the time I'm properly finished I mean I'm probably always going to be tinkering on I want to build two more stained glass windows for it so (laughs) I still there's still all these sort of little things I want to do but in terms of finishing it where I'm like, right, I am now living in it and that's it. I'm not evacuating it to be <laughs> for more building to be done. I think ideally if I can, if I can do it, then I'd like to be able to be finished this winter. So um, it will probably be about four years, this project here, yeah, four years by the time I'm finished. Nice. You, uh, so uh, the one time when I've worked on a house that's been on Grand Designs, I'm obviously clearly seeing my head now. Uh, I've worked, it was, a, I did an earth floor for for a chap called Ed, Ed and Rowena, who have spent the last 13 years building their house. And, mm. and there is such strong parallels between uh, your, your method and, and his <laughs> It's like, I am going to hand make absolutely everything because (laughs) it'll be beautiful. And, you know, (laughs) and I've got this bit of, bit of something that I found over here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's all the little things like making most of the stuff that I've done, which has taken loads of time, wasn't necessary. So making all of the slicing down those old beams in order to put over the top of the, that, you know, that all in all, that's taken me weeks and weeks to do all that um and probably more actually um I mean I should say it's been three and a half years on and off it's not been full-time um it's been where I I work obviously it's been part-time but I you know it's been I tell you what it's definitely at least been three and a half years of just like my entire headspace and I must say I am I'm 
I'm ready for something. I got a bit scared about it finishing. And there's Mm. still a part of me which is a bit scared about it finishing because then I'm like, (laughs) who am I? (laughs) I don't know who I am anymore. When I I have free time again, what what do I do? And then knowing me, I have been like, I will do this project straight away. (laughs) There will be no gap. Um, But no, I mean, I do do think it's really important to take time for reflection. And um, fortunately for me, because I live in the countryside, what a blessing, huh? I'm able to kind of escape and get into the woods and and do a lot of downtime so fortunately that's actually part of my lifestyle I don't really need to take time away to do it it just kind of and I have a dog so every day a very active one so every day you know I'm, I'm out and about so that kind of helps with that downtime but I do get I do get scared about what will happen when it finishes because mm. I've just put so much of myself into it so then when I'm finished I'm like am I finished <laughs> is that me <laughs> <laughs> so, so I kind of yeah I but at the same time I've had a bit of an interesting few months actually where I I got I got um I got really overwhelmed a bit by Bluebell actually and because it's I, I'm naturally quite an observer and quite a, a fairly introverted although I like to participate um I am an observer and Bluebell forces me to be a performer in many scenarios and it can be sometimes uncomfortable because actually I did just as a pure you know the pure concept of bluebell was to be a sanctuary it was to be a shelter it wasn't to be a performance it wasn't to be a theater um and um it wasn't to kind of go around shouting out about it um but it kind sometimes it just ends up being being what I I find myself doing and yeah I've had to had to have an interesting question with myself recently actually about how that's having a bit of an effect on me and it's actually making my social anxiety worse because I'm fearing I'm already going into situations fearing that I'm going to have to start being a performer in that in that moment and yeah and so I've had a bit of a an assessment of how I take this project and then just make it normal, how it just becomes life. And it's not this thing. It just is my home. And there's undoubtedly always going to be questions of people who are interested. And that's, that's really, really exciting. And I, and I liked being able to talk about it. I think it was more a question of, I need to find a way of letting, of, of releasing a bit and letting it go. And it, and again, harking back to what I said before, just taking it a little bit less seriously, you know, <laughs> it's just, just a cabin, isn't it? You know, it's like, it's, it's all good. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a van, a van house. <laughs> and actually that, yeah, I can, I can take a step back from it and I don't have to, I don't have to feel, um, feel the pressure. Uh, yeah. It's a really interesting question that I can't, I'm not entirely, I haven't entirely fully figured out yet, but um, yeah, I definitely think that I'm ready to move on to some some new things now it's always going to be there with me because it's my home but I'm ready to kind of release it um if that makes any sense at all yeah I think so like the, the <laughs> well yeah the question I had under uh, like my last question was what next underlined twice because I felt like uh yeah felt like you were the sort of person that was going to have mm. have have some interesting thoughts on that um, and I also just wanted to say, I'm very sorry if uh, if I'm making you perform by uh, by recording this chat. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, no, this is such a perfect performance. I'm by myself and I, I've got my dog to my right. Um, and yeah, no, not at all. Seriously, this is I I enjoy, you know, I, I, I still enjoy participating and talking to people. I think it's just like, you know, when you're when you 
when you're at Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, you're just trying to do your I, ordinary life. Yeah, you're not in, yeah. like, you're not on stage. Yeah, it's it just, I think when you build anything that, that speaks for itself, you know, or anything that is kind of aesthetic and a bit wonky, you know, in some, in some places um, that I've been to, some cultures, some communities, some environments, you might not even, you know, just be kind of like something you might expect, especially in New Zealand. But here, of course, we are, it's quite a, it's kind of quite a constricted space, isn't it? There's a lot that just falls into what things should be or what stuff should look like. Um, Cars are grey and white and black and they're not really much else. And uh, houses are bricks and mortar. Um, And so when you... you Straight lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when you do things a bit different, it sparks conversation and that is brilliant. And I am very... I'm very excited and thankful for that. But yeah, I think I just had to figure out that question of when do I, when do I, um, when do I realize that I am, you know, I am doing a bit of a performance and how do I, how do I just kind of go back to me and ground? And I actually think that I will find that by just spending some time in blue, but you know, I haven't just really properly lived in it because I'm still building it. Mm. So it still is this project. My house is still a project. And I think once it just becomes my house and nothing more, I think that will become a lot easier um, to, to navigate. And I'm sure as you, you must feel as well, of course, that's why you do these amazing podcasts is because talking about, talking about creative projects, creative things with others who are also interested is one of my absolute soul foods, you know, especially when you're in an environment. I live in a kind of in a in an area that's very conventional very conservative um very kind of traditional and it can be very hard to find your people you know really I really struggled with that for quite a quite a while feeling quite alone and so being able to to really actually talk to others and connect um is wonderful uh, yeah. yeah and and I'm very very thankful that Bluebell is giving me this opportunity that I mean what a gift yeah oh fantastic um, I, I saw, uh, that you did a show recently following on from the, the performance thing. And I saw the queue of people wanting to, to have a poke inside. How was yeah. that? <laughs> so, so I, I turned up, it was just a really small local thing, but it was actually, it was busier than I thought it was going to be. So I, I, I turned up and I've never like opened Bluebell up to the public before anything like that and um I just thought oh people might be interested to have a little look so I I parked up and I put some steps and I put a little sign in like felt tip just saying come in um and and then I kind of walked away from it and spent the entire day avoiding it (laughs) like a rash (laughs) because (laughs) yeah to my to my surprise there was actually a queue that just sort of stayed the whole day um and what yeah and I wasn't I think I wasn't quite ready really just to kind of stand there and, and, and talk about it in, in such a constant way. I really like these one-on-one conversations or smaller, more intimate conversations where you can really, you can really engage with people and give them time and answer mm. questions properly. Whereas in that circumstance, it, I think it would have been, it would have been a tad rushed. So actually I think it was much nicer to let people make their own assumptions and make whatever they, you know, people might not like it. Um, and that's that's absolutely fine. I really enjoy it when people challenge me about it and people say there are things that they don't like about it. Um, and and some, sometimes people say it really politely and it really constructively and other times people are just like, I don't like that. <laughs> Why have you done that? <laughs> yeah. 
I once got a tat. That was the best, one of the best moments of Bluebell's history was when when we got a tat. Oh, that was so good. Um, but yeah, I do. No, I really, I do really enjoy enjoyed those conversations. But I didn't feel like I could quite do it in that environment. So um, I, yeah, I just left it and and returned returned later. And it was it was really nice. And something that I I love is that kids really, you know. It's definitely mm. when I built this, one of the biggest elements of building this was connecting with my inner child. Um, and I think that surely the joy of building is is so much connected with that. It's your making, you know, all of us, girl, boy, when we're kids, we are, we're making um, in some way or another. We're being curious with the, our environment. We are exploring materials. Um, and so I feel very much connected to my inner child when I'm building. And I think especially because I, I do put an effort to listen to it and not, and not, um, not kind of ignore it and be like, Oh, well, that's not how you do things. Well, that's not how something's meant to look, but actually I do. Yeah. I do try to put in quite a bit of an effort with that and, and sort of, and sort of go, Oh yeah, well, why not? and and that has ended up making things quite look in some respect look quite quite like yeah quite childlike and I think some of those inspirations maybe from folklore and fairy tales from when I was younger may have then connected into the visions and the aesthetic of the space so quite often children really really uh relate to relate to bluebell and want to spend time in it and um especially I have this like old witchy doorbell which is an old cowbell um on the outside and I've mainly built that for kids so they can ring it um, <laughs> and that always brings like it's like an immediate smile bringer for for kids which is really really nice um and if anything if, if that's all that I ever end up doing with with bluebell you know just kind of like uh, you know showing other people about that and or connecting with other children as well um I don't have many child friends in my life mm. <laughs> and so it's quite I find you know it's really nice it's a really nice thing to be able to connect with kids um uh, in that way uh, the best time ever was when I was building the roof and this boy um came up to the yard and he was like it's a spaceship and that was <laughs> I was uh, and then I convinced him for the rest of the day that I was actually an astronaut and I was building the spaceship and that was like one of the best days of my whole life <laughs> I was an astronaut for the day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's there's a couple of elements uh in my build that i have designed i'm not i'm not telling anyone about them yet uh but i've designed them just for my nieces so that they think i'm the best uncle (laughs) amazing that's the whole reason yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely and and you probably will also secretly enjoy those things a lot just for you Uh, too yeah maybe Oh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> um, okay, well, what do you think? What What's your favourite bit? About Bluebell? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I mean, it's hard not to say the dome bedroom mm-hmm. um, because it, yeah, that was also another six-month project, just cladding the inside of that um so, <laughs> so it's quite, and that was really awkward because working up there is like a very tight you know I mean when you're living in it and sleeping in it it's fine I've got loads of headroom I can sit up fully with mm. lots of extra space but actually working in it was quite was quite a uh, quite a tough job and um but yeah I kind of I I remember when I went to clad it and I had a lot of uh, yeah I, I had quite a lot of um people telling me just to do it with fabric because basically the 
the shape is just curving all over the place. I don't have the skills or the equipment to do steam bending. And even if I did, I think it would have taken probably longer than the way I did it because there are so many different shapes. Each piece of wood is basically a different shape. It's just continuously rolling. And so I did it with this cedar that I got for free and I cut it all down into little strips and every single piece of, apart from in a few sections, every single piece of wood has an individual angle taken off it um, to create a curving flow. So um, I can certainly yeah, so believe the- that. <laughs> <laughs> and that you, you, yeah. you would, you would have the, uh, the thought to, to do that and not just like destroy everything and go away. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was one of those, it was one of those things that I think it was the same with the roof. Once I put one piece in, you know, up until the very moment of, of deciding that was what I was going to do, I, I could have very easily been like, you know, hell's no, that's way too much work. But once I put just like the first bit in, I was like, right, that's it. That's what we're doing. Um, and yeah, and that was, it was in the winter as well. So I did it at night. It was often after work or at night. And um, so I, I just had this kind of, um, this, you know, this uh, power light, one of the ones you get on mm. building sites, quite a basic little one. And it would, um, and I'd be up there and it would be warm because the heat of the light would then heat the dome. And it was so cold after, you know, just what, bluebell at that time and working outside in it and I had no source really of, of proper heating and it was it was cold and so I would get all in this little dome and I'd get all all cozy and it has and I would be dreaming constantly about what it would be like to sleep in that dome and I put in a skylight as well which was a major biatch um, because it's yeah, it's sort of putting that in the cut, putting a you know a straight yeah. skylight in a curved roof was a really weird piece of construction I had to make. Um, but I had all these, you know, I was up there in the winter in the dark, often, you know, at times going through bouts of depression or you know not feeling particularly well um, and or feeling pretty lonely in the countryside in my little hut, and I'd just be like up in this dome and just visualizing, you know, what the the kind of yeah what the results will be and what will happen if I keep going if I just keep going um and I got this little mantra in my head and it's not poetic it's not pretty but I would tell myself I'd quite often stop and get in like deep waves of thought about whether I was doing the right thing because it was so much work and I just and then I would stop working and I and I could have put in two more boards in all the time that I was sitting there assessing and I and this happened in a lot of other elements of the build and I just told myself stop thinking and do that was you know that was like my mantra I'd like get into a silly headspace and I just tell myself stop thinking and do so I would just pick up the tool and keep going and it was this yeah I got into this real cycle up there of of visualizing and then falling into uncertainty Mm. and then mantra and it was like this kind of crazy loop and then when I was finished with it and I I really remember just like taking a step back obviously as I was building it I was assessing that it was looking right and I was I was liking the way it looked but I really took a step back at the end after I and broke that loop (laughs) that cycle and looked up into the dome and was like yeah that is the place I'm going to wake up each morning and I'm going to wake up by a lake or by a forest or with a community of friends and this little dome is going to be my my safe pod um and uh yeah and so I think what happens is the light comes in through the skylight and it really illuminates the space. And then it has a window at the front and a window at the side. And it all lights up like orange and yellow because of the cedar. And it smells incredible because of the cedar as well. And it's kind of just like this light 
orb space. So I think probably I have to say the dome. Nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I guess sort of the flip side of that is there is there a bit where you your least favorite bit or what? How's that? How do you say that in a positive manner? Like mm. the I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> no I'm with you I'm with you Jeffrey yeah like kind of like the bit that if or maybe the bit that's not quite if you were doing it again you might have done yeah. differently or yeah um I have to say I don't know I think I think it's all it is all pretty much exactly how I have wanted it to go there was there were moments when I almost skimped on something and I knew I would regret and I like caught myself at the last moment and like with the solar panel frame, for example, um, that was one. Um, also with the dome, I almost didn't do that wood cladding. Uh, so, so many examples of that where I, I almost didn't do something because it would be hard. Um, and I, I caught myself on each of those moments. And thankfully, I didn't, I didn't succumb to, uh, yeah, to the kind of the fear of, of the amount of work. Or, and of course, often when you're fearing the amount of work, you're not actually fearing the um, like the amount of work or like the effort you're fearing those challenges that are going to come with that Mm -hmm. and how that's going to make you feel feeling incapable and angry and like annoyed um and I'm definitely someone who you know you'll hear from across the yard just like random curse words being like (laughs) blown into the air I'm not like I'm definitely not like a cutesy builder (laughs) I definitely get like moments of rage um (laughs) but yeah there's there's um yeah, I think that I caught myself on all of those moments where I almost did the easy thing. And so as a result, even though it's taken a lot longer because of all those decisions um, and it's been probably a lot harder, um, I've now got a space where I don't think there's anything, pretty sure there's nothing that I would change or I would have done differently. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Mick from the Mick and Pat Show. That's right. And I'm Pat. Looking for a podcast that's like catching up with old friends? Well, you're in luck. We're here to bring you weekly doses of lifestyle commentary, discuss culture and politics, and top it off with the occasional beer and film reviews. But it's not just about us. We're a community. Our listeners are our kin, and we let you all have a say in what we discuss. So saddle up and join the conversation at The Mick and Pat Show. You can check out our website or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Brilliant. I mean, I sort of suspected that might be the answer. I mean, from that, yeah, the the uh, the solar panel frame video that I watched mm. alone, it was like, if you saw something <laughs> that you weren't happy with, I'm pretty sure you were going to gonna do something about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're looking at it all the time, aren't you? So it's something, I think a home space, something that you're, and there are definitely exceptions. Um, you know, uh, I'm actually, I'm looking at the the back wall there, which is all these Georgian floorboards and the line. Sometimes I do things really meticulously and other times I'm just like so lazy and the line of screws just goes like literally like a wave They I haven't done them in a straight line. They are all over the place and it's little things like that. I'm like, why it would have taken me all but like a second to just draw a line across so I'm a bit odd like that Mm -hmm. I kind of there are some things where I'm just extensively can't be asked (laughs) and then there are and then kind of on a grander scale I'm I'm uh, a bit of a perfectionist so it's it's kind of there are quite a few elements like that in here but maybe that's a good thing just to remind myself again not to take it too seriously yes (laughs) you know just to be just to chill out a bit in that respect 
Yeah. Well, I can't remember if I've said this before on the podcast, but uh, the, the, the old Viking shipbuilders, they would build a ship and then they would deliberately do one thing wrong uh, because only the gods could be perfect. <laughs> so nice. maybe that's your screw line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. And there's quite a lot, there's quite a lot of those screw lines <laughs> around. So there's, there's enough. I'm noticing all of them now, Jeffrey. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? I'm so sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it's quite important to have those, you know, to have those moments. Um, yeah. And I'm definitely I'm also not someone if something can't be seen, it looks like, you know, if you were to look behind all like the kind of the the internals and there's a lot which is ultra bodged. In fact, I actually do think most of Bluebell is just one big bodge. Definitely something that I want to really put across to people if they were to look at Bluebell and think it's been done all perfectionally or whatever, um, is that I was it was all just like step by step. So, and none of those individual steps actually required much um, uh, skill or ability or perfectionism. For example, even in the dome, each piece of wood just had to have a a, a line cut through it. It's just that simple. It just had to have a, a, a saw cut. And then I would just screw it in and I would put one screw on either side of the board and then the next bit I would screw a lot you know each each step of every part of Bluebell is relatively unskilled and very basic um for those core fundamentals of construction often are just very basic but you just there you just have to be methodical you just have to make sure that when you make that measurement you do it you measure it twice and then when you do that cut that you put effort into keeping it straight, you know? So it's not, it's not that anything actually requires to, you know, requires you to be at that particular kind of perfectionist person um, or you need to be really skillful. Um, I am still bodging everything that I do. I definitely, it's just one big bluff. Like <laughs> I just, honestly, when I do, when I, most of the things I do, it's just that definitely has that element of bodgeness where I'm like, right, how do I do this? Okay. I'll just hit that like that bit. Oh, that worked. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or I'll get a chisel. I'm like, okay. I literally, even to this day, I quite often, I look at a chisel. I'm like, which end is the one that cuts straight? I can't remember. And then I'll like hit it in the bit of wood. I'm like, oh, wait, it's not that side. No, <laughs> and, no, <it's>, <laughs> and I think that is, yeah, just, just kind of like being, being fearless, I think. And, and not, not having fear of your tools and not being scared of making mistakes. I think that is the really mm. the by far one of the biggest, biggest drawbacks to anyone um, and myself included um, is if you fear mistakes and that can come, you know, that can also be as a fear of judgment um, or it could just be a fear of something going wrong and being dangerous, or it could be a fear of something just being a waste of time or looking bad, but the, there is nothing to fit everything. There are no mistakes, right? Or no, there are no failures. They're all just lessons. So when something doesn't work, you've learned from it. And so then you don't apply that same fault again. Ideally, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. I've always done that. There are some things I'm like cursing myself. Like this is the third time <laughs> that I've done this. But yeah, I think generally you learn from mistakes, which has been bluebell. It's basically just learning. You know, I put a Ah, always I put a, a screw in that's too big for the screw hole and I'm like you knew this Georgie or but then it's a reminder each time to make your drill bit the right size or slightly bigger and I think I think all of these small continuous mistakes are actually all just one big success 
Um, and that's the way that I really try and, and try and see building so that when I try and attempt new things, I'm not scared about making mistakes. And as a result, I'm, I end up doing it because I think a lot of the time we get scared of doing things right. And then we just don't do them. And then yeah. that's kind of, then, then you're like in your nineties and you're like, Oh no, I didn't. That's maybe a, a vast overstatement, but you know, it kind of, uh, that's something I, I, I get scared of is that, and I've definitely done it in the past where I haven't done something out of fear of doing it wrong. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and that is also another reason that I wanted to create this, ideally try and attempt to create a workshop space for women to build in because to trying to create an environment where it does like it's actually infused to get it wrong, you know, to sit there with a block of wood. This is one of the, the activities I think could be great. And you just have a bunch of nails in front of you. You've got your hammer and it's like, right, it is basically your job to hit them to hit them in wonky because that is what's going to happen so don't worry when your your nail goes in and it doesn't go in straight and it goes it goes flat against its side because it's gone wonky that that's what you're here to do and until you get that one in straight just don't worry there's no mistakes there's no failures and I think um I think mainly the the yeah that that's really something that attributes to being able to make great things because you've kind of pushed through that fear and you don't and often things do go wrong people see bluebell and they think that it's all just I often get that comment where people are like, oh, well, you know, some, you know, it's okay for some people, but, but for others, you know, I get that quite often where people think it's just happened, but, oh, there's been major ultimate cock-ups one after the other, you know, where things have kind of uh, dropped and cracked and, and yeah, just multiple amounts. Um, and yeah, so I think that that is, that's, yeah, the, the lack of fear, I think is, is the most, one of the most important fundamentals absolutely brilliant uh yeah i can't tell you how uh just uh, i'm totally inspired by all the words you're saying i can't <laughs> i can't wait for other people to hear this and i think they're just going to be running out with a hammer in hand you know? <laughs> that's the world i want to see <laughs> to, within limits people within limits <laughs> yes safe hammer use only <laughs> um okay well the uh, i want to know your your best day and your worst day Ooh. <laughs> I'm stuck so the best I feel like there was this day um where so when I built the dome which is the for people listening is the dome I keep referring to the dome is the sleeping area above the cab and it's um I don't even know if you call it a dome it's not it's not geometric. Um, it's more like arched, the kind of way that um, arches work in churches. It's kind of like a vaulted domey thing. But for argument's sake, it's, it's a dome. And um, the decision to make the dome wasn't planned. I remember I, I had to make a decision as to how to continue the roof over the cab. I'd already built the roof frame, um, the main kind of curved structure. And I had, yeah, had to work out how to continue that curve going forward. And I kind of walked out one day. I walked over to Bluebell um, to start work on it. And I was just staring and I was like, I'm going to make a dome. That's just what's, that's what's going to happen today. And, and then I made the dome. I, I took some few days constructing the dome and I made it all on the ground because it would have been impossible to make it on the roof, to make it how I was going to do it, which has, um, you know, all these kind of crazy curves. And um, yeah. And so that was a, making that dome was a really insanely fun project because I'd kind of come to it in such a lighthearted, silly mood. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make a dome. Why not? Um, 
and and with that actually came a lot of really amazing uh amazing sort of revelations in terms of joinery and construction um so there's four main structural bits that all meet in the middle and I had to figure out how to how these four pieces of wood coming from different angles would meet at the middle and join and I actually asked builders I remember messaging friends who I knew as who were architects I and people were sending me back these sketches and I was like oh I don't know not really happy with that I don't think you know that it might yeah you know, I wasn't convinced and um it's re- of course really hard to send people things mm. as an idea um and I was there really still just like not sure how to make this four-way join and I remember going to bed one night really puzzling over it and waking up I don't know if you've ever had these but they are so much fun waking up at like three in the morning um with this yes with this like sudden I know how to do it and I grabbed my sketchbook and I like I just drew it in one go and I'd obviously been think I'd like not been fully fully sleeping I'd been like kind of half dreaming about it and I drew it out and it was right there and then I the next day I implemented it and it worked and that was that was such a glorious moment and actually on that day so I, I built it all on the floor and I was absolutely pooping myself <laughs> that when we were going to lift it up it wasn't gonna it was gonna not be exactly square and it had very you know didn't have much wiggle room to play with it really had to go on um correct and so we I got I enlisted some um help and we put it up with rope on the ceiling of the of roof beam on the bomb and we lowered it with the rope and it just like slotted in Ooh. And I got up and I was like, I was convinced it was wrong. I was like, there must be, something's not right here. <laughs> like, things don't just happen like this. And I was like inspecting all the corners, but it didn't, it just, it slotted in. And then I had this insane feeling of euphoria because then I kind of looked, stepped back from the little house and I saw this full shell, this full frame. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did that. I built this thing, it's there. And yeah, and that was an incredible day, like just full of a lot of euphoria. Um, uh, but I, it's really that would come to me as my favorite day. However, it I actually think my favorite day of building Bluebell was when I built, this is gonna to sound totally bizarre, but when I built the um the roof, uh, not the roof, the wheel arches, the covers right. that go over the wheel arches. Because that was something that often when you convert vans, like they come with it, this like plastic or metal coating or frame sort of thing, sorry, which goes over the wheels. Um and I had I those didn't come with mine because I bought the chassis and they're quite important because obviously as the wheels turn around and they flick up insane amounts of mud and water and dirt and stones that had to be watertight really strong like rot resistant and so I yeah I was suddenly like super out of nowhere I didn't realize how much of a task that would be and then when the day came I was like blimey this is has to be something really well made and I ended up making the wheel arches um and yeah had this kind of you know had this moment of putting them all putting them all over the wheels and and you I all used recycled materials I used recycled metal um and recycled um ancillaries and um and then they I slotted them on and it's you know it sounds really simple but that one task of doing something that was quite 
you know involved in a little element of engineering and mm. it actually yeah it kind of it was the I think it was the first one of the first things that I really because that was quite early on I had to consider water ingress which has been a huge theme yeah. in my life <laughs> um it was one of the first things where I really had to think about elements and movement of like wind and 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 then I kind of created this thing that looked correct and then it fit on and it was I remember that like just having also amazing feelings um, after building the wheel arches. <laughs> so it's a really small thing. But I think that I think I always come back to that every time someone asks me, I just come back to that that day. And I think that maybe is one of those first feelings of thinking, oh, I might actually be all right at this. You know, uh, uh, this might be something that I not only enjoy to do, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of have that that brain um, as such that that can do those that can engineer um so that was a at that at that time as well I had a lot of self-doubt because a lot of the opinions and the voices I were getting were really really Mm. negative and really like you can't do this you just you know I had a lot of um I was getting a lot of misogynistic voices at that time which really uh really I remember that's like that real particular moment of building the van were enough to really really dig at me um and then when I did that it was a bit like I can do this. You know, it was this wonderful, tiny little wheel arch, which was was a, a small, the start, I think. I do think that those wheel arches were the start of a small light. And then I really, not, not long after that, I really came out of all that negativity and was able to kind of fly. So I think that was the best, I think that was the best day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> um but then the worst the way, day. i'm almost a bit i just i sort of don't want to know like i'm just oh, like God. don't don't crush my my <laughs> yeah. happy vibe <laughs> the worst day oh yeah um there were a lot of bad days on the roof i must admit you know when the metal was fighting me and it would not it would not because i couldn't just form it to the shape it had to get flush enough to sit on the framework so that i could screw it in tight and well so I had to form it pretty much you know exactly Uh, there was no flex in those sheets to kind of bend them to the shape I had to mold it with the hammer there were a lot of very hard days on that where I I just think for the best part of six months I embodied I embodied like a fair amount of things that I needed to hit (laughs) and I did it with the hammer on that roof so quite often when I look at that roof you can actually see all of the hammer marks because I uh, I actually ended up uh, sanding all of the aluminium after I'd formed it and hit it all of the of the hammer and it was finished. I sanded it all down so that all of the elements which haven't haven't been touched by a hammer are shiny and silver or not super shiny because it's old, but you know this kind of sheen. And then the hammer marks are still the patina of the age, so kind of like a bit dirty and 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 so you have all these hammer marks everywhere. And each one of those, I'm like you know I can I can kind of imagine myself hitting that and and getting out some kind of emotion and of course because I had to be in that headspace to keep hitting um sometimes it was with good music you know and I'm just like getting my groove on with my hammer and other times I was just like I hate you Ruth and I hate this and I hate that and I had to really and actually that's something that sometimes I think you know I, I I've always been a bit of a criticizer of of how people suggest that sometimes building and construction work is aggressive or in 
or invites an aggressive environment. Um, and actually, there's some elements of that where you, you do need to tap into something, you know, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that women can't either, basically. Um, and I think that that is something that I for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of see how I see how this can be, you know, that you need to tap into something. So so I can't really say that it was the worst days because it was kind of therapeutic. Mm. Um, but I think I OK, I tell you what. The worst day was when I I had a roof leak and it was where my skylight flashing. I used to have a hole that the solar panel cables were meant to come through. I ended up changing it. Um, but there was a hole where the solar panel cables had to come through and it just kept leaking. And I could not figure out how on earth it was leaking. The, the cables were going through a like sealed box. Um, I checked everywhere for cracks in the aluminium I looked all down the side of the skylight you know I did I just meticulously day after day was trying to fix this leak and then I thought I got it I found this tiny hole tiny oxidized hole in right at the top where it would have come down and gone underneath the cable box and I was so excited I thought that I got it and I sealed it all and the weird thing about this leak was that it didn't always leak but when it did leak it was like a torrent of water it was really bizarre I had I had like my dad who um, uh, works in the building to come and have a look at it. And um, uh, he, he couldn't figure it out. I had lots of, you know, people kind of just stare and look and we just could not figure it out. And I was getting very, you know, when water, I'm sure many tiny homers or any homers of any sort can know that water really does something to you when it's continuous and it, and it's causing problems. It, it really, you know, it's one of the downsides of England, of course, it's pretty soggy here and it mm-hmm. can really, can really dig at you. And this thing was like months and months on end. I literally it was a problem that was not, I could not fix. And I was getting to the stage where I thought I'm going to have to take this whole, <laughs> this whole piece, like this whole bit of roof off to find, like to find, I just could not understand it. Um, and, uh, and a bit like permaculture, I just had to like do an observation, like a season of observation. <laughs> yeah and just like wait for it to do its thing and like you know I just had to watch it and like see what conditions that came in worse um and I ended up I ended up it was all when I came to do the solar panel caging actually so it wasn't that long ago that mm. I fixed this um and uh I ended up having to change where the solar panel cables were so I moved the cables back and when I took off the box, the box itself wasn't faulty. I, I started thinking that the box itself was, you know, just those horrible things made in China, like the kind of plastic things. And I, the only things you can kind of buy to like house your cable, you yeah. know, cable entry glands. And I kind of thought that that would, that would be it. But I took it off and that was absolutely fine. And then I saw that the, the flashing for the, 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 the skylight window, um, I peeled it up slightly to get access to the cables and it was soaking. It was like absolutely soaking in there. And then I pulled up further and I saw how the actual elements where the roof came in was bone dry. And I was looking at the skylight and I was like, it's you, it's you. <laughs> and it's been you all along. <laughs> and, um, and yeah. And like, but I, but I tell you what, um, I've actually, sorry, I've gone forward in time. The worst day was when I thought that I'd fixed it. (laughs) I thought that I'd fixed it. And I was like, this is incredible. And then the next rain came in and it flooded. And I actually thought it'd been, you know, been almost, it'd been like 
seven, eight months of trying to fix this, this, this leak, just whilst I was doing other things on the van. And after thinking time and time again that you've, you've fixed, you've fixed a problem and it keeps smashing you down and you feel, you know, it also questions then your ability. So many people, I think one of the things as well is that so many people had been like, I bet that's going to leak or <laughs> well, yeah. Like, and there are these particular comments of people who are like, Oh, I'll eat my hat. That doesn't leak. And, you know, and I, and then this one little thing was leaking and it kind of was giving me, you know, it was, it was kind of touching back to those real original insecurities I was having at the beginning of the project when people, so many people were telling me not to do it or that I couldn't by myself. And then I felt like they were proving me right in that one tiny little leak. Um, and I remember having quite a, a, like a bit of a rageful tear about it and thinking I'm just going to, it's just either it's always just going to have to leak or I'm going to have to cut off big, a big part of the roof. And that felt ginormous and depressing. And like at, and at that time, I just couldn't handle it. Like, I really felt like I couldn't handle it. I was feeling very sensitive about the leak. It was really, you know, and I think this does happen when you're doing a building project, right? That you can become very sensitive. It very, Things can correlate what's happening in your life and you can feel incredibly vulnerable to your project. Um, when something goes wrong, it can associate very much to what's going on with you. And mm-hmm. that, and so it can <laughs> So it can be quite a, um, it's quite an, it's really emotional. I find building very emotional. You know, I, I, I'm going to say it. Um, I think that it's a wonderfully emotional and sensitive thing and that's how we should cherish it. And that's how we should look at it. Um, and yeah. And so that did, it got to me very, very much. And there was one particular day when, like I said, when I looked in and it was still leaking and I just thought, oh my gosh, I have failed. (laughs) And I'm continuously failing because it's not getting better. But then fortunately to zip forward in time. And this was such a good lesson for me to know that there's nothing that can't be fixed. There just isn't, there's always going to be a way. And even if I had to take that entire bit of the roof off, I would have done it and it would have got, it would have been fixed. And, you know, no matter what your problem is, if there's a will, there is a way. And I know, you know, that's a, a classic saying, but it's so true. That if there's a will, there's a way, um, and there's a way to most building problems, right? Um, most of them, <laughs> um, it, to some extent, and so that that yeah, and so when I and now that I fixed it, that yeah, that's a wonderful feeling. Nice. So you've ah, mm-hmm. oh, I was worried about asking your worst day, but you've of course turned it around into positive. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, or well, I think that hopefully for for most of us, there's there's an ability to to swing at least in in a building perspective with with things going wrong. It's, most of the time, there's some sort of way, there's some lesson learned, or, yeah, or something. Definitely. I mean, yeah, there's there's usually something you can take from it. Um, I believe. Yeah, I I I totally understand the leak though. Like six years of living on a boat with. I, boat windows are just Mm. awful for leaking and sometimes you think it's a leak sometimes it's condensation sometimes and it's just like you know you and you work at it and you've resealed it and you've taken the whole window out and you've like done everything you can possibly do and then it's like you come back and there's another puddle like Yeah. Oh yeah. I do. I very much. Yeah. I know that feeling. It's pretty, it's, it's very grueling, isn't it? Um, yeah. Very grueling. Water is, it's pretty cruel. You can't underestimate it. That's for sure. That's, that's, 
<laughs> that's perfect. I think that's that's what we're going to end on is the cruelness of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rain is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. And drizzle. It's drizzle. I tell you what. It's that sneaky, sneaky drizzle, which is like pretending not to be rain. Yeah. But it actually it's worse than rain because um, it quite often it can create like a pressure and it. I was finding that my leak was like sucking in water mm. on drizzly days. And then on like heavy days of rain, it was like not, it wasn't showing up. It was totally bizarre. But yeah, that I think, and also maybe one last thing to end on in that respect is that your materials and the world of building is always, there's always more mysteries. There are always more curiosities and it will never, nothing that you ever make will stop surprising you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much to georgie that was so good uh i really am feeling inspired and excited and it's really kind of reset my brain on a few of my my building things uh, I feel like there's so much similarities that we have and yeah, thoughts and philosophies. Um, but I really think that the way she has been building is, I mean, it's beyond uh, what I could could dedicate myself to do, I think. Um, yeah, like a truly wonderful and unique project. So thank you, Georgie. Um, do check out her instagram and the websites from the show notes um there is a few links to uh right to rome and kill the bill and in her hands uh west Eden college i'll chuck those all in the show notes what else if you have enjoyed the show and want to contribute to the making of the show uh financially then head to patreon.com forward slash building sustainability it is all self-financed uh so it does genuinely make the uh, the show get made um and thank you to everyone who is already supporting you absolutely rock do get in contact if you've got thoughts or questions or comments or concerns there's a contact form on the website building sustainability um i have been getting lots of emails from people just letting me know what they're enjoying um and that's really great i really thoroughly appreciate having uh kind of humans contact me uh because talking to the microphone is it's a little uh one-sided yeah and if you do have thoughts on uh how we can create a community around the podcast uh to sort of aid discussion and uh and maybe you know connect up some of the listeners who might have similar similar ideas and interests then do let me know um and for now if you've got thoughts on any of the episodes Stick them on uh, on the podcast website, buildingsustainability.com. Every episode has a uh, a chat box at the bottom. I think that's everything. I've tried to be really quick because these conversations were long, but that probably means I've, I've forgotten something. Oh, yes. Share. Share this episode wherever you can. Get more people listening and tell your friends and your mum and anyone else who you come into contact with. Uh, that, that they should listen to Building Sustainability Podcast. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Bye-bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 